this is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. And wrote down the song. I just can't remember who sent it to I've seen fire and I've seen rain I've seen sunny days I thought they never end I've seen lonely times and I could not find a friend but I always thought I'd see you again. Good. On the inflation report that came out today, uh, the president is promising the Inflation Reduction Act will do just that and bring down costs. But this bill does not address food or housing, prices of which we are seeing going up. So what is your message to Americans who are seeing these rising costs? And are you confident that you're doing enough? To, to finally bring it down. So look, the president has said for uh, some time now when it comes to his uh, his number one economic priority is to deal with inflation, is to make sure that we are lowering costs for Americans people for the American people, for American families, Americans who have to come around the table, uh, you know, once a month in, in particular to figure out how are they going to pay those bills. Again, this is why the event that we're having uh, in less than 45 minutes to to uh, celebrate and talk talk about you're here from the president about the Inflation Reduction Act is so critical. That is why Democrats and this president uh, took took the, you know, did the hard work to get that done, is to lower costs on health care, to lower costs on prescription drugs, uh, and uh, and also energy costs as well. Look, when you look at the data, the inflation data, uh, we're, we're seeing more progress bringing global inflation down in the U.S. economy, as I just stated moments ago. Overall, uh, prices have been essentially flat in our country these, these last two months. Uh, that is welcome news for American families. The kitchen table items for America's working families. Mr. President, thank you for unifying and inspiring a vision of a stronger, fairer, safer future for all, for our children. Your extraordinary leadership has made this glorious day possible. I, that's an applause line. <laughs> Jill was applauding. <laughs> and let us salute Leader Schumer, his colleagues in the Senate, for their extraordinary leadership and the success in bringing this bill forward. That's an applause. Yesterday, um, today it's Wednesday, 14th September, the year of our Lord, 2022. That was the fiasco yesterday with started with James Taylor, you know, the song about suicide. They have this fiasco. You've got the uh, Zen master. Jean-Pierre, she's sitting there telling, she's gaslighting you right in your face. Uh, you know, uh, they've been flat for the last two months. That's not true. That's all a lie. You just don't understand the math. Today, the wholesale prices are out. They're terrible. Uh, you know, year over year, eight, over 8% in wholesale. Remember, 
that that all rolls down through consumer prices the next couple of months. This is a burning dumpster fire. And they're over there. They're passing eight, another eight hundred billion dollar bill, which is just payoffs to all the venture capital and private equity buddies that are upside down on all these deals in Green Green New Deal. They're all upside down. Every one of those deals are upside down. They always need cash. They need new suckers to come in because it's all a Ponzi scheme. I want to start with Congressman Andy Biggs, and particularly Congressman Biggs. I just have a question for you. I noticed in because the, they didn't want to get to the under, to the what I call the undercard or the, what what was in these reports, which is horrific because the gas prices, gasoline prices are down because of demand destruction. You've changed your lifestyle to do it. Everything else on fire, including food. But then they went through regions, and I noticed the White House didn't talk about this, and none of the mainstream media is talking about it. Phoenix is as oh, bad as eight. Uh, the consumer price of what eight point three percent. Phoenix is over thirteen percent. Sir, what has the Biden regime done to the good folks, not just simply in Arizona, but to Phoenix, Arizona, with the great cities in our country? How can you even survive with 13 percent inflation? I mean, that's like Weimar Republic stuff. Congressman Biggs. Yeah. Yeah. Steve. Yeah. Steve. Uh, good to see you. But but, you know, 13 percent that that would be taking the actual reported basket of goods. But it's actually closer to about 18 percent. Because they don't include all of the energy and all of the consumers' uh, goods that you consume normally in, in your life. Now, what they've done is they've put a massive squeeze uh, on the Phoenix metro area. Five million people live in that area, as you know. And so uh, the gas prices are really high still. Uh, food prices are high. People are trying to make decisions. Can I go? Can I even go out to eat or you know, what, do I have enough gas to go to work? It's it's a real bind in the Phoenix metro area. And it's uh, you, you start throwing that and you add it to, to uh, the other inherent problems that this administration has brought upon Arizona, like, uh, infl- you know, illegal uh, immigration and that type of problem. And you've got a real difficult situation in Phoenix today. Listen, the Congress is coming back in now after the the August break, and I think the House is only in for two weeks before everybody goes back to the to their their, their districts to campaign in October. And there's a, a stack of work, but the one thing, correct me if I'm wrong, Congressman Biggs, does the federal budget run out and appropriations run out at at the stroke of midnight on the thirtieth? Which, if I look at my map here, is two weeks away. So am I seeing and I know we've got the transfer payments that's kind of done and they don't want to include that in the budget. But but if you add it all up, it's over five and a half trillion dollars. The other two, one and a half to two trillion dollars of discretionary spending that we cannot that we have to just print money for. Am I are we going to see that is is the Congress going to vote on that? Are we going to have hearings on that? Is there going to be a debate on that? Are the people in Metro Phoenix going to be part of that? of this new spending bill that will clearly fuel inflation, sir, are we going to kick the can down the road once again? Yeah, you're, the sound you're hearing out of Congress right now, Steve, is the kicking of the can that, that as it rolls down the, uh, the uh, highway, because the reality is they're going to do a, a short-term bill and it's going to be a spending. They haven't done a budget, a real budget in 20 years here. And that's part of the problem because they refuse to face the troublesome and vexing issues on how to solve the, the spending crisis. 
So you're exactly right. We have about a trillion and a half dollars uh, or so in um, structural deficit every year, every year. And that, that just gets rolled into the national debt. And, uh, and that, that debt to GDP ratio is extremely and dangerously high right now. So this group of people that we have here, you know, they want to spend another $22 billion, for instance, on COVID relief. They want to do four and a half to five trillion uh, billion dollars, excuse me, on monkeypox uh, stuff, and and they want to, you know, they, they did the eighty billion dollars not so long ago for uh, the seventy eight thousand uh, IRS agents. Steve, this this group here in Congress, outside of, I I could probably point you to eighty to hundred people that would say we need to balance the budget, but the other three hundred thirty five. They will keep spending. They believe in mon- modern monetary theory, which means you just keep spending it and add it to your national debt and everything's OK. But they're going to fuel inflation and uh, they're going to they don't have any energy plans. And, and you know, as long as that's happening, we face a, a basically a national uh, economic crisis in this country. The national economic crisis, and this is the point I'm trying to get at. What do we need to do to assist and to help if the good folks in Phoenix, in Metro Phoenix, I'm using them as a specific example because I think they have the highest inflation. And your point's the exact point. I want yes. to make sure the audience understands. When Andy Biggs talks about, hey, they, they shift around the things all the time so they look better. If you really included what's really in the inflation, it's about 18%. If the good folks in Metro Phoenix understood or do you think they're getting to understand that the size of these federal budgets in this mass overspending is related to the inflation and the destruction of their own because right now real wages 17 months in a row you know they're, they're like a gerbil on a wheel right and, and now at 18 percent, you can never catch up and, and we just had a, a historic they just announced a historic drop in net worth of the american people of six trillion dollars in one quarter and that does not include the implosion in the bond and stock market it's not including we're hearing right now the real estate market is starting to implode the 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 good folks in metro phoenix right now are starting to understand an awakening to this ponzi scheme that that they're literally the person they're the person that there's no chair when when the music stops I, I think they're starting to wake up. I, I hope they wake up in time for the election, Steve. And this gets to the to, to the finer point. We're dealing, uh, uh, the Democrats uh, refuse to even acknowledge this issue or any other issue. They, they just lie without any conscience. They're pathological in nature. And, uh, you know, I got people running against me and, and they, they say, oh, bigs won't spend money. Well, you know, they're right. It's not, first of all, it's not our money, but every time the government does spend more money, we don't have the money, so we devalue the currency. So you fuel inflation. So the, the question is, and, and to get to your point, I think people in Arizona, particularly in the Phoenix metro area, are starting to realize you can't keep using the, the spending policy and prerogatives of this uh, uniparty, the swamp, and particularly the Democrat Party, because modern monetary theory does not work and it's a threat to the very existence of the united states of america i can't say that uh, emphatically enough and that's that's what i'm hoping that my my friends my neighbors and my constituents all say look you know we can't we have got to fight this we need to send people here in washington dc who will fight and and bring our spending down 
and maybe even get a balanced budget for a change, Steve. You're, are you telling me your opponent is going to try to debate Andy Biggs on, on this topic? He's prepared to get on a debate stage and argue that the problem with Andy Biggs, he's not spending, he's not agreeing to spend more money. Is, it, is, he, uh, is he actually thinking he can get on a stage and make that case to the citizens of Arizona and they just won't laugh him off the stage? Is that, is that his campaign? Is that his angle of attack on you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, first of all, the Democrat is all in with Joe Biden and so is the independent. They, they're all in on that. Uh, they'd say, oh, well, you know, uh, uh, he, he voted against this this COVID spending. Well, Steve, the, the COVID spending uh, added trillions of dollars, as you know, uh, to to our national debt. And then you add the four and a half trillion dollars of the Biden administration in the last 18 months. And, and nobody, I mean, a year and two months ago, there was a good number of us saying this is inflationary when you start get the American Recovery, American Recovery Act or whatever they were calling it at the time. Yeah, my, my opponent says, yeah, big should have voted for that stuff. Well, that's what caused this accelerating inflation that we have today. And uh, Steve, uh, a lot of people believe that money just uh, appears uh, through digital uh, you know, spreadsheets these days. And so they say, that's okay. No problem. But they're wrong. They are wrong. Absolutely. They're, they're wrong. Uh, by the way, so uh, how do people find out more about this campaign? How do they find out more about you? Because you're going to be one of the leaders in the new Congress to put rationality. We, we have to start being rational. We have to govern like we're adults. It's, it, you got to put the fantasies away. And, and, and Washington, D.C. is like a, a fever swamp of these of these bizarre fantasies of modern monetary theory and all these radical ideas that they've implemented and 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 the proof's in the pudding the proof proof is at your checkout counter the proof is in your monthly rent the proof is in can you pay your electric bill the proof the lived experience of the american working class and middle class of this country is proof positive that these radical and reckless ideas don't work just ask the people that the recipients and that's why People have a chance to vote it out. You have a chance to say, I can't, we can't do this anymore. The path we've gone down the last eight months, first off, it's just not sustainable. It's not sustainable. I can't do it. You're not going to be able to continue to print this money. It's impossible. Congressman Biggs, how do they find out more yep. about your campaign? Go to at Rep Andy Biggs AZ. Uh, you know, that's going to that's gonna get you to, to everything. You can go to uh, biggsforcongress.com. That, that'll, that'll give you You know, this is, the, this is the irony sure. about why, why Arizona uh, was so contentious, not just after the election, but in these primary seasons, Arizona has got a, like a whole different level of inflation than the rest of the nation. The citizens in Arizona yeah, have to right. step up to a person and say, we're not, we're not doing this anymore. Okay. We're a great state. We're a growing state. We're a vital state. Uh, we have urgency. This is one of the great states in this nation that's growing. But you can't do it. They're going to destroy the middle class. They're going to destroy the working class out there. There's the, the radical invasion immigration. But what's happening with inflation here in Arizona? It's 18 percent. Like you said, it's going to get worse. The wholesale price shows you it's going to get worse. So it's time for Arizona to step up to a person and say, hey, we can't do this anymore. This is this is we're not Amen. just destroying ourselves. We're destroying our yeah. children, our grandchildren. It's incredible. Uh, Congressman Biggs, thank you so much. Honored to have you on here. Thanks, Steve. Take care of yourself. I want to stick in Arizona. I want to stick in Arizona because it's so important. I want to go to Arizona 7 now, Louis uh, Zola. So your opponent, sir, has been in Congress forever, and he's one of the biggest, most prolific spenders, profligate spenders. 
Tell me, what is your campaign against him? Well, tell me, tell me what your angle of attack is in this uh, in this very uh, vital campaign. Uh, thank you, Steve, for having us. Uh, of course, you know we're working on on the spending, uh, working on the inflation. We have eighty two percent of the border in Congressional District Seven. Uh, that's the district I'm running. Raúl Grijalva has been there for twenty years. We had a debate ten days ago, and he agreed the issues are getting worse. Uh, well, he had the power for twenty years, so inflation. Uh, gas prices, uh, the absence of uh, opportunity for our people are really hurting, especially southern Arizona, where the unemployment rate is, uh, is double than the, the rest of Arizona. Uh, I think Raul Starr is 75. He's, uh, he's showing already signs that uh, he's slowing down. Uh, he did very poorly in the, on the debate, and the people are seeing that. You know, this is a 64% Latino district, and we are suffering with a Latino uh, who's been in Congress for 20 years and it's not helping our people. Do, 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 do you believe the Latino community that they understand that this radical spending plan they have really doesn't help them? What it does is hurt them, particularly as inflation goes and the ability to create wealth because they, they, they have to be getting crushed with 13, 14, 15 percent inflation and wages just not going up anywhere near that. They're losing money every day. I don't, I don't even know how people put food on the table, pay for gasoline, or pay for the electric bill, sir? Oh, absolutely. They, they, they understand. We're doing our campaign, as you know, it's a grassroots campaign. We are knocking thousands of doors every week in different areas in the district. Uh, and we're basically knocking Democrats and independent doors more than Republicans right now. Uh, and the people have the, uh, that feeling that we are not in the right direction. Maybe they, they don't understand deeply why but they understand that we need to change and that we are not going in the right direction. People, people had a feeling when, you know, they need to choose between filling up the, their gas tank or feeding their children. Uh, some of these people are even telling me, I said, Luis, I don't know why I came to this country. I came for better economics and freedom. And now I'm suffering the same problems I, I was suffering 20 years ago. Or maybe my grandfather or my father was suffering when they decided to come to this beautiful country. Uh, this is a very key point. You're a grassroots like in New Hampshire and uh, Carrie Lake did it in Arizona. And you've got uh, Joe Kent and so many around the country. MAGA candidates have knocked on doors. So when you're knocking on doors and, and you're talking to independents and particularly it's a heavily Democratic district. So they're telling you and, and I understand they didn't go to Harvard, so they can't do all the math. But they're sitting there telling you with their common sense and their lived experience. Lewis, they're telling you they know something's wrong. Oh, absolutely. They know. Uh, even even, you know, the, the problem we have in the border, uh, we did a poll and uh, more than 60 percent of the Latinos uh, don't agree with the policies of the Biden administration and what is happening in the border. Uh, you know, fentanyl is killing thousands of people. Uh, we do a lot of work with the homeless communities. The homeless communities are growing uh, not only because it's people, you know, not because it's people love to live in the street in a tent, 110 degrees. Is because one, you have a big group that you know is hooked to fentanyl. This is a sixty cent to a dollar, uh, you know, appeal. And you have another people that were making, you know, minimum wages. And right now, with twelve hundred, fifteen hundred dollar a month, they cannot afford to, you know, pay their rent. So they, they, they have the feeling that we are hitting them in their wallet, and they are feeling the pain for sure. Does people do people make the correlation when you talk to them that your opponent's been there for twenty years and he's part of the you know he's he's one of the senior guys they always roll out particularly when they talk about the Hispanic or Latino community? Did they make that correlation that 
part of the reason, maybe a significant part of the reason that the economics of their lives is so bad is because of policies that they have nothing to do with. It's not about their hard work or how, how dedicated they are to their job, but it's because opportunity has been crushed and the currency has been devalued and inflation is out of control because those policies have come from Washington, D.C., and particularly the party that your opponent is a senior member of? Oh, absolutely. And, and especially when they had the feeling uh, 2016 to 2020, uh, I'm not going to say that our district uh, was a paradise, but these people was able to afford housing. They were able to afford uh, gas, uh, food. Uh, right now, they, they, they don't. And uh, basically, the message we get from, from all these people, yes, uh, you know, some of them even tell you, you know, we, we like Raul. He's been there for 50 years, you know, total, you know, he's been working in, in the community for 50 years. But we understand it's, it's time for a change and we want to bring the economics back. Uh, you know, all these things that Raul are talking about, even in the debate, not even one issue that, that Raul was interested in even hit any of the six main issues that these communities uh, are interested to, to solve in the next two years. Amazing. How do people find out more about you and more about your campaign? You're, you're in one of the tougher ones in the country. It's one of the reasons I want to focus on you, particularly the fact that you're an entrepreneur, you're a man of the people, you're running a grassroots campaign, you're going and knocking on doors, you're meeting people in small groups, and you're sitting there dedicated to, to flip independents, Democrats, Latinos, Hispanics uh, to vote for, uh, for you as a, as a Republican. It's, it's, it's something that we can learn a lot about. So how do people find out more about you and find out more about your campaign? Okay, uh, my campaign is, uh, my website is luis4congress.com. Uh, we recently, too, uh, launched uh, my, my last book. Uh, it's called American Dreamer. Uh, people can buy the book and un understand, you know, the parallels and see why I'm doing this. Uh, and the other thing I want to add is that, you know, basically this is a grassroots campaign. Uh, we have no any funding from the RNC. We don't have any funding from any super PAC or PACs. Uh, you know, all the small donors are, are being, you know, carrying this campaign and my own money. Uh, this is a, this is an effort we're doing, you know, from, from the bases and the people are, 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 you know, helping us to, you know, uh, to defeat a guy who has done nothing for them. Uh, you know, and again, you know, any, anything you do to help us, resourcecongress.com, you can get a, a free signed book, uh, and uh, you can see why I'm doing this and, you know, the parallels, especially from, you know, what I saw 20 years ago in the country I was born and why I came here. Well, this is this is just a flashback of what I, I lived 20 years ago. That's why it's so important for me to fight for the future of our children. And, and the book is uh, American Dreamer? Yeah, the book is uh, is American Dreamer. Um, you know, it's, it tells a story about why I'm I'm, uh, I'm fighting and it shows you the parallels. What you see here in America is not new for me. Uh, and that's the main reason I'm fighting. Like you said, I'm a business, a small business owner, entrepreneur. Uh, I wasn't interested to be in politics two years ago, but, you know, I cannot live uh, what I lived 20 years ago. Again, I have no place to go. This is my, you know, last stand. Louis, thank you very much. Honored to have you on here. You're a patriot and a hero running out there in Arizona. You too. Keep, keep the good, good fight. Keep, thank you. Okay, brother. Thank you. That's the future of this country right there. Uh, I want to go to talk about entrepreneurial. I want to go to L. Todd Woods. Uh, Todd, help me out. I want to talk about Armed Forces Press, but for a minute, 
Are, is am I incorrect? Are you launching another paper, <laughs> a news website <laughs> every other day? You're on a roll, brother. Tell me what's Look, going on. I love it. I'm, I'm, you know, you had the New York one, which is genius. You got the armed forces one. We're going to talk about today. But are you? How big is this empire now? I knew you when you were. I knew you were when you were a bond trader. Now you're like. Yeah. Now you're like Murdoch Junior. So look, I mean, we're both Wall Street guys, and I just see massive opportunity, Steve. I mean, when do you see a business like the corporate media that literally destroys its audience purposely within a couple of years? So for me, uh, it, it's a chance to build something, but also to help save the republic. So yeah, we're expanding as fast as we can. And, uh, you know, the, we, we've opened the Connecticut paper, the Georgia, Miami, uh, New York, as you mentioned, we've got several other districts coming. But one of the spots that has really bothered me is the military media, which is woke, which is pushing CRT, cultural Marxism, uh, you know, the vax mandates, all of it on our troops. It, it, there's something really dark there and wrong. And we want to expose it and bring the military press back to what it should be and our military men and women back to their purpose, which is to defend the country. Give, give me that for a second. Because I know you had uh, kids up at the West Point. Um, give me a minute before we go to break. We have Dan O'Shea on uh, after the break, your editor. Uh, what happened to the great stars and strikes military dot com? Why did all these all of a sudden go woke? Look, we've done some research and it looks like uh, uh, one of our colleagues on the other side has bought up a lot of the, this via different shell companies or whatever. You know, I used to write for the Armed Forces Journal a long time ago, and that one was shut down and the, and the URL just kind of, you know, banked and, and not used. And so I, I think there was a there's been planning in all of this and the military is obviously part of that. So they uh, they wanted to control the military press as they have the corporate press and they did a good job of it but we're going to fight it armedforces.press is airborne as we say we're launched we've got a rogues gallery of frogmen uh rangers delta generals fighter pilots navy captains and uh, you name it just go to our meet the team page it's it's unparalleled in the level of quality writing we're going to have it, it, and it, we're excited it, it is a rogues gallery no it's fantastic armed forces press we're gonna take a short break uh, Todd Wood's going to join us on the side. Dan O'Shea, one of his editors and writers. We're going to take a short break. We also got this explosive uh, executive order and now the funding of it on transhumanism. Uh, of course, our own Joe Allen will join us. Short commercial break. We're going to be back in War Room Battleground in just a moment. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash war room to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. 
It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% and do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out. WARROOM BATTLEGROUND WITH STEPHEN K. BANNON. Okay, welcome back. I noticed when we had all this controversy, in, whether it's at the service academies, was about vaccines, CRT, the wokeness, non-combat readiness. You know, I used to be, I used to be able to go to the, to the military press, which I was a big consumer of, and I noticed the stories either weren't being covered or they were being covered like the New York Times would cover them. And I got, kind of said something's wrong here. El Todd Wood did something about it. Uh, and Todd, uh, real quickly... Because we would actually go to, you know, Major Schilling or the Air Force uh, Colonel out in, um, in, uh, in at the, you know, at the Air Force Academy. These guys, you know, all being fired, you know, whether it's vaccine mandates, mass mandates, CRT, wokeness overall, the service academies. You couldn't really bring a reporter on because it was they were all left wing or they all covered it like the New York Times are covered. Is that why you, you saw and that's why you started uh, Armed Forces Press? Yes, it's armedforces.press, and that's exactly the reason, Steve, because, and they're all coordinated. And so you get the same, you know, woke message from all the military outlets out there. And, you know, there is, I'm telling you, when we started this, the feedback has been overwhelming. And people are like, can I contribute? Can I write? I've got a story. And so it's just been massive. So we're very excited about it. And we're really going to go after, you know, I'm angry at all these flag officers and, and retired guys who are not standing up and fighting this stuff because they want the board seat or the whatever they want and it's it's time we were trained as leaders and we need to be leaders so it's time to stand up and this is our 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 contribution uh let me bring in dan o'shea now dan tell us about tell us about armedforces.press what, what can people anticipate what stories you're covering how are you doing it so I met Todd uh, last year, about a year ago today, actually at the end of the fallout of the absolute chaos out of Afghanistan. 
Uh, I was involved with a number of groups, including uh, Operation uh, Task Force Pineapple, trying to rescue Americans and uh, Afghan partners that were literally abandoned by this commander, quote, commander-in-chief and this administration. And it was, uh, you know, the media piece is a big part of it. People just don't know what's being told. And Don and I met a year ago and have been, you know, I'm, I'm a recently retired SEAL with 29 odd years. I retired at SOCOM a couple of years ago and I've watched the degradation of this. And I, I've written in columns for the last 15 odd years. I used to be a CNN, MSNBC, BBC, uh, Fox News analyst on uh, terrorism, specifically kidnappings, which was what my claim to fame. Uh, working 440 at Kinnam is at the American Embassy in Iraq. But bottom line is there are so many veterans out there, especially from my community, the special ops community, that are just seeing the nonsense coming down. And what, uh, you know, Todd and I, Todd stayed with me over this weekend. We we did a, an event with the horse soldiers down in, um, you know, the original fifth group guys and some of the Delta guys that went into Afghanistan literally weeks after 9-11. And Todd stayed with me over the weekend. We literally just had a Vulcan mind meld the whole weekend. And I told him, I said, Todd, I'm in, brother. I'm on board. Um, I already wrote a post last year about the fallout withdrawal from Afghanistan. And literally, Todd, yesterday said, hey, there's pressure at Bud's. There's an article coming out in the New York Times and now the Military Times about an outside group headed up by an, a Navy admiral outside of Naval Special Warfare who's going to look at Bud's training. And I'll become, and again, it's tragic. We lost a Bud's trainee last year, early in the year. He died um, right after Hell Week. Literally finished Hell Week, went back to his room, and then I, get, I think he died in his room because I think he has walking pneumonia or something. And uh, now there's pressure to change it. There's pressure to change Hell Week. There will be pressure on Naval Special Warfare to change Hell Week, to change the training. And it's just more than nonsense. So Todd asked me to write an article, and I literally started about 10 o'clock last night, finished at 2 in the morning, uh, woke up, drank a cup of coffee, reviewed it one more time, and sent it to Todd, and he posted it within about five minutes. So uh, it's an article about why SEAL training is so brutal, because it has to be. Because, you know, graduates of BUDS are going to go to war and have fun in every conflict this nation's had since World War II, and it won't change. And we can't change the training, and we need to resist the pressure uh, that's been coming down about integration of, you know, women in special operations, which has been an abject failure, um, you know, now change BUDS. So this is, you know, guys like me, we spent our life serving our country. It doesn't mean we don't have to – we we don't stop honoring the oath to defend this country against enemies foreign and domestic just because we retire. That's a lifelong oath we all made, and uh, and that's why I'm happy to be joining joining uh, Todd's team and be a, be one of the columnists on uh, on this growing website. We just Todd just launched, and I'm proud to be part of it. Dan, do you get a sense? Look, part of it is chain of command, and you know, and everybody's bitching and moaning all the time about the command and what they're doing. But there seems to me. There's something different going on here that that there are people that are the most. And I know so many people that have had either served or had sons and daughters in. It's the first time in my life I've had people say, you know, I don't feel comfortable with my kid going into the military right now. And these are people that are patriots. They've either served themselves or have had other older siblings in. Is there something inside the ranks that you see boiling that uh, that that a message needs to get out there is because it, it seems to me that there's totally there's been a sea change, particularly what we see coming out of Washington. And honestly, this this group of flag officers is, let me be brutally frank, essentially pathetic by and large. I'm I've never been so ashamed uh, last year and the, the continuation of how we exited Afghanistan and the abject 
uh, refuse to accept responsibility. I mean, the op-ed I wrote for Todd last year that was basically the title was, uh, you know, leave no man behind is a principle, not a talking point. Because you had the president up there saying, oh, we're not going to leave Americans behind. And then four days later, we abandoned everyone. And it, it the anger in my, it, it just, it was a combination, literally. My, I spent 29 years in the special operations community. Uh, my peers are Green Berets, Rangers, SEALs, obviously. And most of my peers, most of my peers are like, I have would have a hard time recommending my son to go into the military today because the experience that we had in BUDS, Ranger School, the Q course, it's not the same. I mean, they shoved so much of this uh, diversity crap down on you that it's, it's, it's sad. I mean, a dear friend who had to go back to boot camp training because of a gap in service, he was 59 years old. You should get him on your show. He, I served with this guy in the 90s. He came and trained with my SEAL platoon. He's a um, National Guard guy, but he'd been away from the Army on order so long. He went back to boot camp at age 59, and he talked about just the generational change about how – and he went through Marine Corps boot camp in 1976. And it's, it's literally, you know, and the movies, you know, the, the Full Metal Jacket and, and all the boot camp movies. I'm telling you, your kids are not going through that today. I mean, they're going through diversity training. They've got training timeout cards. Um, you know, my last PRT in the Navy a couple of years ago, after shattering my ankle on a Harley accident, me and another old guy in my unit, I was 53 and he was probably 55. And we were doing the push-up sit-ups, you know, the annual PT, a physical test for the Navy. And all the younger kids, and these were reservists, but it was the weekend, drill weekend. All the younger kids at one minute, which was, you know, it's a, you have two minutes for max push-ups and sit-ups. They just stopped at one minute after they got the, min the minimum. And me and this other old guy, we were the two oldest guys taking the PRT. We were the only two that went all the way to the bitter end on, on everything. And it, it just was telling that the Navy has changed. And I saw it on my, I saw it on my watch. And um, it's a challenge because there's young men that want to serve and women that want to go serve and they want to do great things. But they, they got to get through all the, the woke madness that's being driven now and at, at the academies. And I'm an academy grad. It, it, you know, it's it, it's Todd's got a son at West Point. It's hard. It's it, 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 it's hard because it's got to be hard. You're asking to go in harm's way and the hardest details you've got. It's, it's hard because it's got to be hard. Dan, how do people get to you on social media and how do they get to you over at armedforces.press? Well, I just started a column at armedforces.press. I mean, I'm on. Uh, I'm getting a, a website built up. Todd and I have got some ideas about some things we're going to do. Um, I'm not really a, a social media. Um, I have, a, a, you know, my Facebook and social. I'm not out there doing um, doing that yet. But Todd and I have some ideas. We're probably going to put together a podcast for Armed Forces Press. So uh, we'll grow, and I'm sure there'll be an excuse for you to have us back on again. And uh, it's a pleasure to meet you, sir. Perfect. And uh, you know, you're you're in the battle space, and, and we're with we're you. I'm just, I'm just, I, I, all I do is provide a platform. You guys do it. Todd, how do people get to armedforces.press? How do they get to you on social media? It's armedforces.press and you can find me at, at L Todd Wood on Getter, Gab, Truth, uh, and CD Media on, on all of the same. So you, we're out there. We're not on the comedy platforms because we yeah. got kicked off all of them, but we're on the good ones. But by, by, by the way, we had uh, Barris on yesterday about the generic polling. Remember, he's doing yeah. all the polling for CD Media. So great work over there, Todd. Yeah, Wisconsin's being pulled now. So we'll be out with that in a week or so. Yeah, he's, he told us that he's going to, in the field now, come back. Yeah. Dan O'Shea, an Irishman, and Todd Woods, a, a brawler. Thank you guys very much. Appreciate it. Okay, I want to bring in, uh, I want to bring in my man, Joe Allen. Joe, go back, walk us through. Exactly. And we're going to play if we get the cold open, not to play it now, but I want to play it towards the end. 
Walk us through exactly what this executive order is, because now everybody, it's, the world's on fire about this thing. What this executive order is, how dangerous is it, and how they've kind of proven our point about, uh, about transhumanism and singularity. And now today, they have the cabinet meeting where they're, they're basically divvying up or saying who's going to pitch in for the $2 billion they're immediately going to put in back of this. Uh, really, the um, treating the cell and biology like it is a uh, like a silicon chip, you can program a chip to do anything, right? With algorithms, all they're going to be, they're they're going to they're going to program the cell to do anything. Uh, I, this is beyond playing God. Uh, this is trying to be the author of life, Joe Allen. Yes, yeah, Steve. The the language of reprogramming the cell like computer software uh, is more than sinister. And it's all too common. I mean, I spend most of my time looking at the, the kind of deep structure of transhumanism. This is essential to it. So uh, two days ago, Monday, Biden signed an executive order, the National Biosecurity and Biomanufacturing, uh, Biotechnology, pardon me, and Biomanufacturing Initiative. And what this will do, it will put up $2 billion to enhance re uh, research uh, and development programs in various corporations and government agencies. Uh, it will also uh, be really focused a lot on agriculture. So if you think about genetically modified organisms as food, uh, in, in, including cultured meat, which is just lab-grown steaks. Uh, and really, I think the, the, the most alarming aspect of this initiative and everything that will come out of it is focused on health, everything from gene editing to advancing and pushing out more and more mRNA-based vaccines, and of course, its relationship to artificial intelligence, using artificial intelligence to sequence and analyze the genome and predict what a particular mRNA code might do to the human body, and thereby fast-tracking the process, as we just saw with Moderna and Pfizer's programs, fast-tracking that to push it out into the population. So they held a summit today, uh, the summit on uh, the National uh, Biotechnology and Biomanufacturing Initiative. And probably the most disturbing news to come out of that is the discussion of the appointment of Rene Wegrazin to the, the newly developed Advanced Research Projects Agency for Health. So Wesegren comes from DARPA. She then worked at uh, Ginkgo Bioworks. And her programs that she was directing at DARPA were largely centered on synthetic biology and gene editing. And so, of course, DARPA, Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, uh, is large. They were at the forefront in the development of brain-computer interfaces, including implantable brain-computer interfaces, and also have a number of projects to create a human-machine or human-AI hybrid culture in the military, which then descends out to the rest of us. So I'll be looking a lot at Rene Wegrazin's work going forward, but that, I think, is among the most alarming things, aside from all the enthusiasm for this biotechnology with no reflection whatsoever on no, the no, damage no, no. caused hang, by hang the on, mRNA hang, hang, vaccines. Hang on, hang on. It's not it's not it's not it's not enthusiasm. It's 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 rapturous joy. 
That's what I'm saying. People got to understand something. When you Absolutely. have legislation, you put it in, and even though they're trying to hide it and it comes up the last minute, you don't have the hearings you normally have. It's in process. There this thing, people arguing about it. There are subcommittees working on it. You hear through the grapevine, it gets it gets registered and logged. You know kind of what's going on, although you don't have all the details. Executive orders are very different. That that's the administrative state. That's going inside the apparatus. When you read this executive order, they just didn't think this up yesterday. Oh, we're in a midterm. Let's have something that uh, that's going to show people we're you know thinking downrange. This has been something they have worked on from day one. And quite frankly, they brought elements of this from agencies inside the government like DARPA that have been working on this a long time and nobody's questioned it. The, 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 if you look at the last two days, it's like a joyous coming together like they've got it, right? And there's no discussion whatsoever of the ethics of this. There's no discussion whatsoever of exactly where are we going? Where is this taking us? There's no real vision of the questions of all the ethical questions and philosophical questions and religious questions and spiritual questions about exactly what we're doing here. And then the days to put the money in and start to put the administrators. And here's the thing. The Republican Party, except for one or two people, are totally quiet about this. This is going to take just like the vaccines and the and what happened in covid brings together a new coalition of Dr. Robert Malone, who has been a Biden guy, or Naomi Wolf, who's been a liberal Democrat. And now all of a sudden they're at the forefront of, hey, what's going on with this vaccine? And, and they're the ones being blown up the most by their former colleagues and friends. This is going to take a new co- a coalition. This is as serious as it gets. Look, I, I have dedicated my life now to making sure that we're putting forward to the to the people in this country the signal, not the noise, not the spin of the the pro wrestling stories that people cover and take so much time and energy that are meaningless. The important and I can tell you of all the important things we're working on to save this republic, this is by far the darkest, and this is by far uh, something that need people need to get their hands around because it's taking us to a place that people have not fully thought through. And the ones that have thought it through are kind of not doing it with the best intentions for humankind. And that's why you see this executive order the other day and the rapturous coming together, right? Let's have a cabinet meeting. They've already got all their different departments and, and segments. Uh, this is happening. And this train's leaving the station. And right now there's no organized political opposition to this. This is the opposition yeah. that we're taking the place that, hey, we we kind of we, we're kind of on the side of mankind. We're we're on the side of the Homo sapiens, and I think the Homo, homo sapiens would like to have a say so on exactly what you're doing when you start essentially saying I can program and come up with a better Homo sapien. The the, the this this concept called God, or if you're an, if you're a Native American, the Great Spirit. You know they they had some imperfections in this, right? But we're smarter than that. We're smarter than the great spirit. We're smarter than God, the father. We're smarter than divine providence, whatever you refer to it. We're smarter. We have a way to perfect it. And we're going to go down the path and we're going to perfect it. If you don't think that could lead to a couple of three issues, you haven't followed modern science and technology, right? Uh, Joe Allen, your thoughts, comments, and analysis. Yeah. You know, this, the initiative in general and that 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 rapturous joy you're talking about, you know, with with, again, zero reflection on the harms caused by the vaccines. And, of course, zero reflection on the harms caused by the social programs of lockdowns and six foot distancing and the adoption of digital technology to do all of your communication. 
And so that alone, that aside, just that that blind enthusiasm aside, I think that the creation of the Advanced Research Projects Agency for Health, or uh, ARPA-H, which was formed in March and has a new director. Again, her name is uh, Renee Wegrizen, and she comes out of DARPA. This is the fusion of the military-industrial complex with the biomedical establishment made official. We already knew that, but this is it, that that connection, that that demonic marriage made public, made obvious. And so a woman who was working on synthetic biology, the creation of literally the creation of new organisms, basically from scratch. And then, of course, gene editing. How can we how can we edit the language of life to our benefit and for our profits and oftentimes for bioweapons? Yeah, Americans should definitely be they should be not only alarmed at this and wanting to wrap their heads around it. They should be prepared to engage this on a political level and figure out how to, if not put the brakes on it entirely, control it so that it does not end up like many of the other technological and sociological transformations we've seen in our lifetimes and our grandparents' lifetimes, many of which have been disastrous. You know, uh, what's the doctor that won the Nobel Prize that the great book, the great biography was written? Jennifer Dudna. She, she won it because of Chris. And she warned. Jennifer Dr. Dudna warned. I mean, her big warning. Dr. Dudna warned about this whole issue of, hey, we haven't really thought this through. And she's at the cutting edge of the research. She actually wrote a book about it. She was she, she's she's been many of the people in this are quite concerned of. Have we really thought through where we're actually headed with this? Joe Allen, we got to bounce. I'm going to have you back on tomorrow, and I want to. I, I think I can announce you're going to be at the uh, the Great Reset Conference in Arizona uh, that Charlie Kirk's putting on because transhumanism, as uh, as Alex Jones says, transhumanism is one of the centerpieces and underpinnings of the Great Reset from the Party of Davos, the World Economic Forum. Uh, real quickly, what's your social media so people can follow you between now and tomorrow? Steve, uh, real quick, I want to note the title of her book is Cracking the Code of Creation. Now, you talk about a pregnant title. So uh, my social media, at yep. J-O-E-B-O-T-X-Y-Z, uh, my website, uh, JoeBotXYZ, JoeBot.XYZ. And, of course, you can find all my stuff at WarRoom.org. Thank you very much, Steve. Okay. We're going to see you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. And it's going to you think today's shows were hot? You ain't seen nothing yet. See you tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Eastern Daylight Time in the War Room.